Welcome back to Podcast 80 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. Follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by this season. For the best football contests and other sports in all the land, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB and play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the world. If you'd like to support the Icebreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theicebreakers.com. Please try to become a member. Pick any for winning cappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. If nothing else, please visit the Icebreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Another great weekend of football in the past. Uh, I was profitable in both, just a little bit, <laughs> not a ton. Could have been more if the Bears would have uh, decided to show up in L.A., but they didn't. Uh, right from the get-go, they are getting smoked. Uh, their defense looked like uh, uh, someone from Kent State or something, uh, if you want to compare it to colleges. And, you know, it was a great spot for the uh, for the Chargers. And, you know, that was my biggest worry was the spot itself on my handicap. I didn't have it anywhere near the 8.5 points, but... Chargers, you know, media ready to give up on them. They're criticizing their quarterback, Herbert. They hear that the last two weeks, and the Bears coming off a win. It was just a bad spot to back the Bears, even though the metrics said uh, take the points. That happens sometimes. And actually, sometimes uh, even spots don't come through and the metrics come through, so it's hard to tell. I thought I had enough uh, juice there just from my distance, that they would cover eight and a half, nine points, but not even really close. They were uh, out of the game, and they had some ugly drops by receivers in this game as well. Starting with college, not a lot of uh, massive upsets, I would say. Uh, Just a few. Obviously, uh, Utah was not an upset. They were a dog, but they got completely blown out by Oregon. It's nice to see Oregon able to do something on the road for a change here. Uh, Bo Nix, that is. So props to him. I was wrong about that handicap. Uh, Was right about Wisconsin. Uh, They covered. (laughs) It was a tough cover. They did miss a field goal earlier. I had Ohio State by 11, and if Wisconsin hits that field goal, they win by 11. But they did lose their best player in Braden Allen. And uh, Braylon Allen uh, was literally their best running back, and we don't know if he's going to be able to come back for a while here. It looks like he was grabbing that ankle. I hope it's not Achilles injury. We'll probably hear more about that within the next day or so for Wisconsin. But they were down to their backup quarterback from the week uh, two weeks before that, as you know. And uh, you know he he played okay uh, against an Ohio State team that's top two, top three in the country, depending upon your power ratings. Uh, yeah, I thought he did fine. For that now, uh, our receivers had a few drops. He didn't play perfect. He's not as good as their players or their quarterback. That's for sure. But you know, I came out look thinking like uh, good teams win and great teams cover. So uh, there you go. Wisconsin covers by the hook. I think that line closed even a little bit higher than the fourteen and a half. Anyway, uh, USC almost uh, choked against uh, Kara. California they were losing most of that game and came back to win and I'm going to say a little bit about that in my next segment uh, 
Tennessee on the road did well. And when I say did well, they won 33 to 27. It was a no blowout. They covered the spread by two points. Kentucky plus three and a half, plus four. That was kind of a sucker's line, I thought. I was like, hmm, this, so it's too much adjusted here for Tennessee being the better team. And they just had a tough game on the road against Alabama, so they took care of business. Uh, but you didn't cover by much, only two points if you bet on Tennessee. Uh, Colorado, I didn't watch much of this game, but they get lost but covered against UCLA. So that was uh, good for Dion. I thought to get the cover, he's obviously upset he didn't win the game. But when you're out gained 487 to 242 yards, you should be happy to cover any spread in that situation here. Um, the biggest upset we were on was Arizona. They won outright 27 to 24 against Oregon State. And, uh, Props to like the handicap on that one. I was happy, even though we had the six and a half. I said I still like it at three and a half. I had someone to complain about it, and I said, "Hey, you know, I still like the game." And uh, just because I got an early number doesn't mean I still don't like it. I think they could win outright, and here we are. They beat Oregon State outright. Oregon State is not a good road team. They're a very good home team. So keep that in mind for the future. Uh, going to the NFL. Uh, Interesting about the NFL is lots of those big uh, spreads didn't come through. Uh, There's a lot of back doors going on. And heck, some of these big teams even lost outright. Kansas City losing to Denver uh, just looked completely flat. I predicted the flat spot. I missed the seven in the hook, and it was at seven, and I didn't take it. I took it in the contest instead. But that was uh, a little bit upsetting that I didn't bet it. But on the opposite... The Washington Commanders contest was six and a half. I took them and that massive, ugly interception that Sam Howell threw pretty much took them completely out. And uh, a lot of people laid seven and pushed. I took seven at least and pushed. But from a contest perspective, I lost that one. So it could have been better. I wish I would have bet the Broncos and uh, not bet the Eagles. (laughs) So that's how it just shapes up some years you hit that and do the correct thing and some years you don't either way uh nasty nasty falling on your face for kansas city in a predictable letdown spot the uh browns had the seahawks on their backs until the very final part of that game and the seahawks come and cover i guess the half week the week spreads but it's going to be marked as a no cover because it closed at four and a half so that's how important numbers are for some of these numbers uh, it's the difference in being a profitable capper and uh, a capper that's not profitable. If you took the Seahawks four or four and a half, you should be kicking yourself because you could have got a better number. And uh, that's important when it comes to this game. The Ravens against the Cardinals. Cardinals, uh, pure magic had to happen for them to backdoor that, and it did. They even got an inside kick to kick the field goal to cover the nine and a half there. So very crazy uh, finish to the Ravens. Cardinals game I know there's probably a lot of people on the Ravens just thinking after what happened last week that they're going to win this game easily it they are certainly winning it easily until the very end so that's the NFL for you uh the network certainly like the game's close and it seems like it seems to be working out for them pretty well in this uh this year finally the Panthers got their first win of the season against the Texans it was a very ugly game, and they uglied it up enough to win. I don't think the Panthers are any good, and they're still my worst team 
in the league, but uh, there you go. Now there is no teams that are undefeated and no teams that haven't won. That's how the NFL is going to be moving forward. I don't see another undefeated team ever happening. I think those 72 Dolphins are pretty safe. And I don't see a team losing every single game probably happening either. It's just uh, the more games that they add, the less chance that's going to happen. And now you're at 17 games. I wonder when the 18th comes uh, and uh, makes this feat even much harder to accomplish. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. And as we normally do, starting with the good. Kansas beating Oklahoma. I guess I could have mentioned that. Uh, Oklahoma wasn't a real top four or five team, and I never had them in my power ratings as a top four or five team. As you know, they should have lost to UCF last week, who got just decimated by West Virginia last uh, Saturday as well. But, you know, I mean, Oklahoma, this is their flat spot. You, you see it now, and I'd be scared to go against them again. I made a mistake on this game myself. I bet Oklahoma minus 10.5 thinking I was going to get a 14 or 13, and the sharper people knocked it down to 8, 9, actually like seven and a half, eight before the game started. I couldn't buy back. I was stuck with that ticket, and I held it and uh, could have teased out of it, but nah, didn't want to do that. Just wanted to see if that was going to give me an opportunity to buy back at half, but it, it was not a, not there, not enough juice. And Kansas, uh, Lance Leopold, coach I love, uh, gets the upset here. One I definitely am regretting I mess, messed up on and uh, uh, sucks to miss those situations when you just know that uh, that's probably the spot that you should have been on. Try to get cute with that one, and it backfired. That's going to happen from time to time. But, hey, if you're beating the closing line, uh, I'm about 67% at beating the closing line, betting early, um, thinking I'm doing okay. Northwestern beat Maryland. How about that? Uh, Maryland just choking against Northwestern, giving up a bunch of rushing yards. And, you know, there you go. There's your Big Ten for you. Now Maryland's a sizable dog at home to Penn State coming up this weekend. And uh, you'll hear a little bit more about that on this show uh, as time goes on. Uh, Wisconsin covering. It's like I said, you know, cover is important. I knew that there was just probably a few too many points there. Now, for a flat spot for Ohio State, I'm not even sure how flat it was. They came out pretty dang motivated, and they looked pretty dang good. And, man, is Marvin Harrison good. You know, it's funny. I saw a tweet from um, Adam Schefter, and I say the same type. Not Adam Schefter. It was uh, Todd Furman. He said, I say the same kind of thing. He says, just try to stop Marvin Harrison and let the rest of the people beat you. Well, I think they kind of did try to start Marvin Harrison. I just don't think they could. I um, They had their best corner on him, and there's just nothing you can do. The guy's big. He's fast. He's strong. He's knows everything about the position and making separation, and he's the best receiver in all of college football. You know, what are you going to do? There's not much you can do there, and I guess they probably could have put an extra safety on top, but they were targeting Julian Fleming a lot until he got hurt. He's banged up, by the way, and I know Ohio State lost a, a linebacker as well, so we'll be monitoring some injuries going forward here for Ohio State. Um, Caleb Williams. Now, is he the number one guy coming out of the draft? Yes. In my opinion, he's still number one, and I'm going to tell you why. And it, it drives me nuts when people have these conversations about who's the greatest of all time in which sport. If you want to talk about the greatest of all time or just people that are great, it's the ones who finish the games. Well, Caleb Williams has finished many games and won because of his terrible defense on the other side. 
He just did that last week too. That's the guy I want on my team. I don't care what your stats are for first three quarters. I care about what you're doing in the fourth quarter. You know, I care about what you're doing to make the team win. Are you trying to give other people the option to make the plays? Or are you taking the reins and doing it yourself and winning for your team? That's what makes greatness, right? That's the determining factor on who the greatest people are. And Caleb Williams has shown me that. And he also can make some hella great throws. So, yeah, he is still my number one overall pick for the NFL draft. Uh, and, uh, you know, a team that gets them, I mean, hopefully they're not too bad. And the Bears are pretty bad and the Cardinals are pretty bad. But uh, it's a great start to get a kid like that who looks like a winner to me. Uh, Rice. Rice had a one hell of a game against Tulane, and they covered and almost won that game. So just want to give some props out how good the Owls are this year, and they've really improved their play. And uh, something I've been noticing a little bit, I wish I would have been on them last week and a couple other times. But, man, uh, you know, taking Tulane to the last minute of the game, 28-30 to 30 was what they lost. That's pretty good for the Owls. The Chargers. Like I said, they had the spot, and they took care of business. Now, it was against a bad Bears team, yeah, but it was still a great spot for them, and they they covered. Now, they still have massive problems there and still are in danger of making the playoffs, but, uh, you know, it was good for them to finally get out of the media and uh, slow down some of those talks about them and their coach, Staley, which is a terrible coach, I still believe. Uh, Taysom Hill. How about that, man? He scored like two touchdowns uh, from the quarterback position, and he'll still play some of that. And he's also a tight end that catches some balls. So I think from a fantasy perspective, Taysom Hill has been absolutely fantastic. Props to uh, Taysom Hill. Uh, The Broncos, wow, upsetting the Chiefs. Now the Chiefs are 6-2. and The big bad Chiefs, they turned the ball over a ton last game. Score is a a little bit misleading on what they are, but – not going to downgrade the Chiefs too much after this. I think uh, it's just one of those games. The Bengals beating the 49ers outright. I mean, outright. You know, that when they found Purdy was playing, that thing went right back up from three and a half to five and a half. I wasn't super worried. You know, I was thinking to myself, yeah, I'm okay with this. I got three in the hook. The Bengals are a Super Bowl caliber team. At least they were. Um, they have more issues this year, but you know you still have Joe Burrow there, who looked absolutely fantastic this last game against the Niners. And man, that was just a great win for that organization and the best division in football, the AFC North. Finally, I already mentioned Denver, but they played Taylor Swift songs extremely loud after the win against the Kansas City Chiefs. There is no better way to celebrate or start the celebration than to play. Taylor Swift, after you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. All right, now for the bad. Evans and Godwin on that heel Mary. They catch that, they win, you know. And the Broncos, not the Broncos, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks did everything right, going for two, getting the two-point conversion. They catch that, they kick an extra point and win the game. But they were just nowhere near that ball. And Baker Mayfield chucked that thing like 58 yards. You know, I was actually pretty impressed with his arm right there. Yeah, I was like, it was it just fell in the 
dead center of a, of a circle of dudes. <laughs> it's like, look up, man. That was bad. Uh, Syracuse, 137 total yards against a bad team last week. What the hell happened to Syracuse, man? They are just, same thing as last year, start great, end up terrible. Uh, Tulsa, down 52 to three at the half against SMU. I thought that was a final score when I was looking, and it said halftime. Oh, my God, Tulsa, that was absolutely pathetic. Another bad, Dabo Sweeney, and I'm glad I bet NC State sprinkled that money line. They won that game outright. Dabo Sweeney not looking so good lately. Uh, Tulane looking kind of bad, I guess the opposite of what happened to Rice. You have to understand Tulane was a much better team, massive covering last year, now not covering nearly as much this year. The NFL backdoors. I mean, those are bad from a metric handicapping perspective because you have these teams double-digit favorite. Yes, you're scared shitless to bet them because the whole NFL wants closer games. Uh, 49ers, three losses in a row. That's bad. I mean, going from the top team in your power ranks to that. Now, I understand flat spots, but this this spot was super flat. I will say that, uh, you know, there's some unnecessary circumstances in that Cleveland game to make them lose. But at the same time, man, three losses in a row, that's not looking good. And so is Brock Purdy not looking good. Looking very average the last few weeks. Maybe he's come down to earth a little bit. And, uh, I mean, I still, I'd still take him over Darnold, don't get me wrong, but, geez, he, he's going to have to uh, be a little bit better himself. There was a lot of picks he threw in that game that was absolutely pathetic. Now for the ugly. Tampa Bay's last scoring drive. That was ugly for the Bills. I mean, it was I mean, it was ugly for everybody because the people who like to keep games close, the NFL officials, two penalties on fourth downs to give them first downs in that drive. And then the 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 deflection to the end zone to give them a score on fourth down. I think there was the same thing happened with two-point conversion. It was so improbable that it shouldn't have happened, yet it did happen. That was ugly, uh, for Bill's betters especially. Another ugly, South Alabama. Man, what the hell happened to you guys there? Five turnovers? That was a just ugly performance for for the USA, baby. That's how you say their name, University of South Alabama. Uh, Wyoming, man. 112 yards on offense against Boise State. Boise State's defense is terrible. What the heck are you doing only putting up 112 uh, 12 yards? Just just bad. Uh, another bad Washington State losing to ASU as six-point favorites. Washington State, you are. You are fake news. Next, you have Kirk Cousins' injury. Right when the Vikings get right back into being competitive. They go to Green Bay, whoop them up good. They just went to Chicago and beat them. Then they Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles. That is tragic. And they do not have a good backup there. I mean, in Hall, what's it, Darren Hall? You're going to put your money on Darren Hall? I mean, I'm thinking that they're going to try to trade for someone and maybe still try to make a run now that they're 4-4. Four and four. But, geez, I just do not know what to think about this situation here. It's Jaron Hall, by the way, not Darren. But still, uh, poor Vikings, man. I don't feel that bad being a 
Bears fan, by the way. Uh, and then finally, the worst of the weekend, the most ugly thing, is the whole reason why I don't watch boxing. Because boxing is legitimately rigged. Like, WWE-style rigged. It is literally scripted, and they will tell the judges how they want to do things. And there's no way the judges were going to be embarrassed and let Nagano win that fight. After I heard about it, I had to look at replays just to see how pathetic it is. But Nagano won that fight. I don't I didn't hear about anybody saying that he didn't, and they gave the victory to Fury. You know, if next time you see one of these pay-per-views with like Jake Paul, Logan Paul fighting somebody, could be MMA, could be anybody, don't watch it. You're part of the problem feeding into this. You know, you are part of the problem because they're not making a change to what they do. Okay. That is absolutely pathetic where sports is going these days and it's filtering into other sports. Don't be part of the problem by watching or paying for that ridiculous pay-per-view and probably quit watching that sport until they finally get it fixed. The way I figure... There's really not too much future with a soda front like you. All right. Now it's time for College Football Week 9 misleading final scores. Georgia Southern only outgained Georgia State 452 to 447, yet 144 to 27. 3 to 2 turnover ratio and red zone penalties got the Panthers. Boston College outgained UConn 433 to 222, yet won only 21 to 14. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio hurt the spread in that game. Indiana outgained Penn State 349 to 342, yet lost 33 to 24. A two to one turnover ratio and explosive plays killed the Hoosiers. Uh, UCF outgained West Virginia 463 to 450, yet lost 41 to 28. A four to one turnover ratio did them in, and horrible rushing defense allowing 289 yards uh, killed. Uh, UCF. Uh, Clemson outgained NC State 364 to 202, yet lost 24 to 17, a 2 to 0 turnover ratio, and bad plus side of the field got the Tigers. Virginia outgained Miami 377 to 276, yet lost in overtime 29 to 26. They won the turnover battle, but six sacks and poor special teams got them. Ohio outgained Miami, Ohio 363 to 291, yet lost 30 to 60. A 1-0 turnover ratio and horrible red zone and plus side of the field efficiency got the Bobcats. And, man, uh, Miami, Ohio was on their backup quarterback. Cal outgained USC 527-497, to yet lost 50-49. to A 4-1 turnover ratio and massive red zone choke got the Bears. South Alabama outgained Louisiana 498-348, to yet lost at home 33-20. A massive 5-0 turnover ratio got the Jags. Stanford outgained Washington 499 to 460, yet lost 42 to 33. They won the turnover battle, but just couldn't be good in the red zone. Colorado State outgained Air Force 339 to 297, yet lost 20 to 13, a 1 to 0 turnover ratio, and bad red zone killed the Rams. I believe I said 20 to 13. I think it was 30 to 13. All right. College football week 10. Betting spots. Letdown spots. 
Kansas at Iowa State after beating Oklahoma is a letdown spot. Arizona could be a little flat versus UCLA after beating Oregon State outright is a letdown spot. NC State hosting Miami is a letdown spot. Georgia Tech at Virginia after beating North Carolina is one. And I probably should have mentioned that one earlier. Georgia Tech, wow, nice win, Georgia Tech. Uh, Arizona State at Utah is one after beating Washington State. Get up spots. Pitt better get up versus Florida State after an embarrassing loss to Notre Dame. Uh, Georgia State better get up against James Madison after that loss to Southern. They need to stay in the race here. This Looking bad if they lose this game. Duke needs to get up versus Wake Forest after losing bad to Louisville. Utah can get right versus ASU this week. So Utah's got to try to rally here after an ugly loss to Oregon. uh, Wisconsin better wake up against Indiana after that loss to Ohio State if they want a chance of being in the Big Ten championship game uh look ahead spots tennessee could look past yukon to missouri missouri's looking good this year oregon could look past a cal look past cal to usc uh, that could happen it's a 21 and a half point spread penn state could look past maryland to michigan that's one in play Mer- michigan could look past purdue to penn state and florida state could look past pitt to miami all right now nfl Week 8, misleading final scores. The Commanders outgained the Eagles 472 to 374, yet lost 38 to 31. They won the turnover battle 1 to 2, but seven penalties, the location of that turnover being in their old other opponent's red zone, and questionable officiating, poor red zone defense got the commies. Now, I will say that the Eagles also fumbled twice in their red zone, but one of them was just based upon a disgusting pass interference penalty anyway. But I will say it's just somewhat misleading for being a seven-point spread. I think the Eagles probably should have won by three points. Uh, the Browns outgained the Seahawks 385-362, to 362, yet lost 24-20. A 3-2 turnover ratio got the Brownies. The Chiefs outgained the Broncos 275-240, to 240, yet lost 24-9. A massive 5-1 turnover ratio did them in. Uh, that was <laughs> just uncharacteristic for the Mahomes and uh yeah they're, now they're going to London against a good Miami team that's gonna be interesting can they can they get back up or do they do it like the Niners and fall back down the 49ers outgained the Bengals 460 to 400 yet lost 31 to 17 a nasty three to one Brock Purdy turnover ratio special did them in and just the Cardinals yards uh against the Ravens they're major garbage time I'm not giving them credit for being uh putting up a ton of yards against a uh, cover to prevent Ravens defense. All right, now it's time for your college football week 10 free play. And this one moved against me a little bit, but I think it's going to go back down. It's Wisconsin's total against Indiana. Wisconsin's on their third string running back. Okay. They're on their second string quarterback and they're probably not going to have to really fight to get back in this game. While Indiana's offense is completely incompetent right here. Just to pull up some of the numbers, uh, they rank 125th in EPA margin, 102nd on offense, and uh, 121st on defense. Now, Wisconsin should be able to slowly chuck away some yards here, but it's just going to be an ugly game. And I even lean Indiana plus the spread here on this, but this total I doubt gets into the 40s. I wouldn't be surprised if Indiana doesn't score many points at all. Wisconsin's a pretty big favorite here, so I, I like the under. Also, you can get some weather, obviously, 
uh, coming up here late into the season here. So under 44 and a half for two stars is the play. Oh, yeah. Now it's time for a little fantasy football week 10 with our guy, D Nasty. All right. Now it's time for a little fantasy football week. Is it nine already, Dane? Dave, week Dave, nine? Oh, week nine, yes. Well, there you go. There you go. So uh looks like we're almost halfway through the season here, my man. How are you doing? Pretty good. It's a little crazy. I can't believe it's flying by already. There's a lot of surprises, too. Uh, that we'll get into some of the surprise injuries this week, but there's going to be a, quite a few changes at quarterback uh, due to some of those injuries. But first, I'll get into the bye weeks. Yeah, uh, please. Which is going to definitely affect everything as well this week. Yeah, what's going on? So, uh, four teams, right? Four teams this week. We got the Broncos. First team who upset the Chiefs this past week, which I couldn't believe. One of the first shockers this week. Uh, Russell Wilson's on by. Uh, Javante Williams, Jerry Juddy, uh, Sutton's on by as well. Uh, those are going to be the main guys from the Broncos. Lions will be on by next week as well. Uh, Jared Goff, Monroe St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, uh, and then David Montgomery. Those are going to be the main guys. And Sam Laporta, who's actually been, the, I think, rookie of the year right now at tight end, uh, who I love. Uh, and then we got the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne. Uh, and those are going to be the main guys for them. And then probably Evan Ingram, too. Uh, he's borderline starter right now, but he's probably starting in some of your leagues as well. Sure. And then we got the 49ers. A uh, ton of people on the 49ers. You got George Kittle, Brock Purdy. Uh, you got Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you, you have Brandon Ayuk. So Debo Samuel. So there's quite a few people that on the 49ers. That, that's definitely going to be one of the major ones this week. And the Jaguars, I'm sure a lot of people are starting people on the line. So those are three teams that are definitely hurt some people on buys this week. Yeah, CMC pretty big there. Um, I mean, even the, I guess even the Broncos have some guys, Russell Wilson. Some people have Jetty, but Javante Williams for sure. Jaguars have a handful of people, ETN and definitely Trevor Lawrence. You know, some people play a few other guys there, though, a couple receivers, so. Nothing, uh, not too big, but um, key injuries were serious this week, Dave. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, we'll start with that. I mean, what a what a way to like almost, you know, you're you're possibly going to make the playoffs. You're four and four. You beat the Packers at Green Bay. That could have been fun for you yesterday. Not saying no, that it was not a good game to watch. No, it wasn't. Neither was the Bears Chargers either. But uh, I mean, geez, it's like. It, 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 it's so ironic because he almost got traded to the Jets or they were talking about it. Imagine two quarterbacks with torn Achilles at the Jets, uh, you know, uh, but it, it, how about it, a luck what would they have had if they would have did that? Yeah. Well, the trade deadline is tomorrow too. So I'm wondering if uh, any of the big names get traded. It looks like some Reds, some Washington commanders might trade one of their pass rushers, whether Chase Young or, or Montez Sweat. So that's kind of interesting, but I'm not hearing like a lot of, yeah, there's going to be some surprises popping up tomorrow, so I'm kind of excited for that just to see what happens from a fan, yeah, fantasy the Giants perspective. Letter, Leonard Williams got traded today from the Giants, so yeah. he went to the Seahawks today for a couple draft picks. So that was the first trade, but other than that, it's been kind of, kind of quiet. Today. I think there's a few tomorrow, so some big ones tomorrow. Let's uh, talk about Drake London then out with a groin injury. That could be that could linger for a while, so we'll see about Drake London. Thank God he went over my prop play, 54 and a half, and he had 55 yards yesterday. So, oh, wow. Yeah, got that by a half a yard. Uh, Matt Stafford went out with a thumb injury, so we have to monitor him. But he's um, 
you know, he's a solid quarterback. So if, if there's anything like Fields injury, then he's going to be out three or four weeks. So we'll see with that. One wide receiver Devontae Parker left with a hinge injury, and wide receiver Kendrick Bourne from the Patriots tore his ACL, and he's out for the season. So the, I mean, that's a massive blow the, to the Patriots. I don't even know how they can be favored against anybody this again, and they're favored against the Washington next week. Makes no sense to me. Uh, quarterback Kenny Pickett injured his ribs. And is questionable, but he plays on Thursday, you know. So I'm almost thinking it's a no go for him. And Bobby Mitch is going to play. Good old Mitch Trubisky. Uh, and then wide receiver Curtis Samuel Samuel injured his toe and didn't return to the game. But that's the main ones I have, Dave. Uh, did I miss anything? Uh, we have Darren Waller. Uh, he's questionable with a hamstring. He left with a hamstring issue this past week. This dude's been body. always been injured, man. I know. He's just he's walking injuries with China Dell. One of those kind of players. Tyrod Taylor left the game as well. He had to go to the hospital with a, a scary rib injury. Uh, he's probably not playing next week. Da- News on the injury front, though. Daniel Jones will be to play now. Uh, so Daniel Jones probably will start this week now as well. So you can get him back into your lineups. They're saying Daniel Jones should be back this week, which is good because they had Tommy DeVito starting last week over Tyrod. Well, not starting, but playing in place of Tyrod Taylor last week. And he did not look good at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, DeVito, <laughs> we'll see. I, I think Daniel Jones is back though. Yep, that's what I just said. Daniel Jones, okay. Oh, trying. sorry, I missed that part. I was trying to read this. Yep, Daniel Jones, thank God, because DeVito was not good and neither was Jaron Hall. <laughs> no, neither one of those guys were good, but you know, so going that, that's interesting to see what they're going to do. The Vikings are going to do so. I think the Vikings possibly could make some noise tomorrow on the trade deadline. They're four and four, they started out 0 3, they're playing well. They get a they need a quarterback. If they get a quarterback, they could possibly make the playoffs. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, some Jameis Winston. The rumored what, what the rumor is right now. Yeah, Jameis Winston's up one of those. Uh, also, they're talking to even Kyler Murray if they want to dump that contract. It could be time. So there's a few guys out there that there's rumors about just going a couple different places. Why don't you get in our waiver wire then? Sounds good. A uh, guy I mentioned last week, Derek Carr. Uh, he's, he continues to play well at 19 and 27 passes this past week, 310 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. So definitely add him. If he's on the waiver wire, he's, he'd be a, a winner for the bye week this week. Will Levis for the Titans. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is still sideline in week eight. Uh, so they turn to the rookie Will Levis Four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, and he 19 and 29 pass attempts he completed. So, and then Deandre, Deandre Hopkins actually had a sighting this week too. Four or six targets he caught, 128 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, Hopkins, plug him back into your starting lineup again this week if you, if you need a bye week fill-in. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, he got a majority of the carries this week. I know we talked to him about him on past podcasts, but uh, definitely looked like he was a lead back this past week coming out of the bye. And Miles Sanders was, was playing this week too, but uh, Hubbard played on 66% of the Carolina snaps, so he handled 71% of the rushing attempts as well. So uh, he might be moving past Miles Sanders, so keep an eye on that. Uh, definitely Demario Douglas for the Kendrick Bourne injury. Uh, Demario Douglas has been looking good as a rookie, uh, but with the Kendrick Bourne out and Devontae Parker with the head injury, I think Demario Douglas slides into the starting lineup and could be a nice bye week fill-in, and uh, he could be a nice sleeper this week for you guys. He's a guy trending up right now. Uh, Khalil Shulakir for the Bills. Uh, another guy who had a nice big game last week was a rookie last year. He's a second-year guy. Uh, he's been playing better and better as the as the years as the years went on and as the weeks went on as well. Another guy, Trey McBride, uh, 
with Zachary saw the picture of being placed on injury reserve. So that's one uh, injury we didn't mention. He's on injury reserve now. Trey McBride will step in as a starting tight end now. Uh, he's he's ca- caught 10 of 14 targets for 95 yards and a touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens defense. So um, he actually had pretty good numbers this past week. So that's another guy you want to take a look at as well. Yep, yep, t- I totally agree. Um, yeah, I had McBride wrote, written down. And if someone dropped Daniel Jones, try to grab him. Mitch Trubisky could be a streamer this week. I don't love him, but it, the, ba- the the Titans secondary is bad. So that could give him some points, you know. So I was kind of looking at that. Uh, Jameson Crowder for the commies is a good start. And Jahan Dotson is a good pickup, too, if those guys are available on waiver wire. Some of them, not too many. Not a big high percentage owns Jameson Crowder for sure, and maybe half for Jahan Dotson. Um, yeah, but I had most of them. I mean, if you're desperate, Jaron Hall. But I think the Vikings make some sort of move, you know. I, I totally agree 100% with that. Yeah, they have to make a move. Jaron Hall, they had Nick Mullins on injury reserve who can come back next week, week 10. But I don't even know if he's going to be the real answer for the rest of the year as well. For them. I don't see Nick Mullins being a starter for the rest of the year for him as well. Yeah, I mean, they, they're kind of ready to win. Their defense is playing better. So I would say... Just don't give the farm away for something. Um, it's kind like Kyler Murray. They they're kind of want to dump that contract anyway. If you can somehow get him and figure something out, you know maybe that would do something for you because you know they're going to just waste their time with Justin Jefferson and some great players if they don't do something. I think so. I, I've heard back and forth. I see some Vikings fans don't want them to do anything and just let it rot away. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Daryl Henderson Jr. also did really well last week, and he's on a lot of waivers, so I like him. Let's move on to non-starters trending up. And I got Rashad White from versus a bad Houston run D. Houston's been giving up a lot of yards on the run lately, so uh, Rashad White's a good matchup. Uh, Jamal Williams versus a bad Bears run D is a good one, and Derek Carr versus a Bears, bad Bears D looks good i'm almost thinking that dave's nasty sleeper is going to be one of those guys we'll just have to wait <laughs> well, we'll have to wait to, we'll have to wait to see what he has to say about that uh running back gus edwards uh versus uh, a bad seattle run d is a good play this week uh, cj stroud versus the buccaneers is solid uh tank dell pair him up with stroud uh against the bucks is nice and chuba hubbard against the colts i like this week what are yours all right i do like Sam Howell for the with the Commanders. I like him this week. I think Brian Robinson bounces back this week against the Patriots too, as well. Uh, Patriots are, are going to be in shambles, and they're going to definitely feel that loss of Kendrick Bourne this week, and their offense is going to sputter a little bit. Uh, I think the Commanders can win this game. Uh, they played well against the Eagles, like I said. We, I called that last week that they were going to play well against the Eagles and possibly have a chance to win. They were up most of that game too. Yeah, they blew away uh, the spread though at the end. <laughs> he had to push usually. Oh, or, I know. Yeah. But yeah, I, do, I do like that matchup, though. I, I definitely have Sam Hulls trending up. I'd even start him this week. Uh, I'll be starting him in a few of my dynasty leagues, even with some buys this week. Uh, I do like Derek Carr. I like uh, even the Taysom Hill even this week against the Bears. Uh, Taysom Hill's been actually playing well. He's a guy trending up as well at tight end, and then they give him all those other gadget plays and run plays. Too, I picked so. him up, and, and it worked great because you get all those quarterback gadgets, and it was just fantastic. And I got Chubba Hubbard against the – Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have been struggling on defense most of this year as well. I like Chubba Hubbard this week. Uh, and I do like uh, Bryce Young too. I look for him to have a good game this week. Uh, the Raiders, I definitely I like 
Jimmy Garoppolo this week against that poor Giants defense. They played defense pretty well the last two weeks, though, but uh, I don't think that that defense is really that good. I think the Jets were just that bad this past week. So uh, I do like the Raiders against that matchup right there. Uh, and then uh, I do like the, the Rams, actually, this week against the Packers. Packers defense is not looked good as well. Uh, and Packers have been struggling on offense with all those young guys on offense. But uh, Matthew Stafford or whoever Bryce – Rippin, who has fills in for Stafford, I like him this week as well. Sounds good. Why don't you move into busts? All right. Uh, one of my busts this week is going to be none other than the Eagles running backs. Uh, I don't like Kenneth Gainwell or Swift against that tough Dallas D. That Dallas D just looks ridiculous. They're, they're inconsistent, though, but that this past week they just played lights out. That, 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 that defense is very, very good. The Bengals defense has actually been stepping up lately, too, so I'm downgrading downgrading James Cook this week against the tough Bengals D in that front four. Uh, their run D is pretty good, actually, so I'm downgrading them. Bears, I'm downgrading the running backs for the Bears. The Saints have a good run D. Uh, definitely downgrading Rasan Johnson and Deontay Foreman against them. I don't like that matchup for them as well. Uh, I do not like the Seahawks running backs or Geno Smith against the Ravens. Ravens have been looking good on defense as well. I'm downgrading them. Uh, and then I do not like the Titans. I don't think Will Levis has another great game like he did last week against the tough Steelers D. All right. Sounds good. So those are, yeah, interesting matchups there. Levis, you know, Levis, uh, he's due for some regression now. He had a great week and playing him in the next week, sometimes it all falters. So I need to see two weeks in a row myself before I'm convinced with him. Um, I got Geno Smith versus Baltimore. I, I don't like him against Baltimore this week. I think, uh, Gino has some issues himself. Uh, Kenneth Walker versus Baltimore, too, is bad. Uh, Najee Harris versus the Titans is a bust this week, too, because Titans have a great run D. So I don't like Najee Harris. And to be honest with you, Dave, Najee Harris has not done it this year at all. He's been he's a, not. No, he's, he's definitely a big disappointment this year. And he kind of folded last year. So you kind of saw the trend even starting last year, even. Yep. Yep. Very true. Uh, James Cook versus the Bengals, I think, could be a bust. Uh, I know Buffalo is kind of all over the place when it comes to their rushing attack. They haven't been good, and the Bengals really, I, I mean, they kind of held McCaffrey a little bit in check. They Not from a passing game, but from a running back game a little bit. Uh, Raheem Mostert versus the Chiefs I don't think is any good, and sucks to have to play the Chiefs when uh, they come off a loss. I know, I know they're going to London to play this game, but still, I mean, that's uh, not the greatest matchup for Raheem Mostert. So I think it's going to be more of a passing type game, in my opinion. Uh, and yeah, I have Deontay Foreman too. I don't like that as that as well. I, I'm with you on that one. So that just leaves us with what Dave our sleepers. Uh, what are you going to go with today? All right, my DNAS sleeper of the week. I do have him against the Bears, actually. Of course, Derek you. Carr. I've been hyping this guy up last week and this week. So Derek Carr is my DNASTY sleeper of the week. You called it, Kia, but uh, just the matchup is too great of a matchup, and Derek Carr's been balling out the last couple weeks. Well, that's funny because mine is Chris Olave from the Saints for the same like reasons. <laughs> yeah, I love, I'm sorry, Bears. I love you, but uh, <clears throat> you stink on D, and it showed last week bad against Justin Herbert. Now you have to go back on the road and play a Saints team in the Dome. I just feel like they're going to be able to run all over you, so there you have it. Um, we are on the same side for that one, Dave. We'll see if that uh, comes to fruition. Anything we miss? 
No, I think that's it. All Thank right. Everyone, make sure you get those bye week players out. Good luck to everyone this week. Yes, good luck to everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this show. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. Email us at info at the Oddsbreakers.com. Have a great rest of your week and go get some winners.